You're listening to Intentional Sharfing, culturally insensitive quantum physics and space-time stuff. With your hosts, Jen and Brian, you can find us on scienceboobies.com. That's right, boobies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Intentional Sharfing. Uh, I'm your co-host, Brian, and this is uh, your other co-host, Jen. Say hi, Jen. Hi, Brian. <laughs> okay, Jen, so what's this week's uh, show on? I know we talked about, we mentioned lucid dreaming last time. You mentioned holograms, holographic wanna, universe. And then you also, today, you mentioned... Um, going back in time yes yes um i absolutely want to go back in time to before i purchased uh this ham salad i got from whole foods <laughs> and maybe get something else because it's uh not really agreeing with me well unfortunately time travel is precluded by causality what's your problem with time travel it violates the causal nature or the causative na- nature of the universe. I, I, I keep saying causal, and I'm trying to get off the word causal, even though technically in physics that is the word. There's a, it's also a word out of yogic philosophy, so I feel like I have to say causative. But it has to do with one thing being the cause of another, and for that reason there's no mechanism to go back in time. There is a mechanism to stop time. And that's okay. mathematically what happens when an object is accelerated to the speed of light. That's right, boobies. It violates what's what I'm calling, I guess, primary causality. causality. Okay, um, but how do you explain the fact that Brian Greene says that time is like a big loaf of bread that we're traveling through? The truth is that that nobody has understood the totality of the space-time continuum. Some people are starting to now, but there's been uh, there have sadly been some systematic things that I don't want to say systematic oppression, but there have been uh, theoretical roadblocks that have prevented uh, people to really understand the na- the true nature of time, and it's exactly this this time travel slash time reversal invariance thing, which I don't know, you might have seen my <clears throat> post about how they were talking about a new nucleus that they've looked at. That yeah. How can it look at a fucking nucleus? How can you look at a nucleus and make some declaration that, oh, time travel is not possible because the nucleus is shaped like an egg? You know that I'm the one that made that. I'm the one that made that statement, and then it got uh, quoted by a science blogger, and then they could not figure it out on Reddit. You're so smart. <laughs> the truth is that it's not actually true. I was just saying it to bait somebody into copying me, and it worked. I caught them. Well, it, it's true on one level, but it's so hard to make that link that I really wouldn't expect anybody to jump necessarily to that conclusion. But So I have a question for you. Let's hear this it. This is Mrs. Time Guru. So let's assume time travel to the past is possible. Let's say you could go back 50 years, okay? 
Does that mean that right now, as we speak, the past 50 years ago is playing out right now? Well, there's two different questions there, I think. It's, it's hard to sort of um, disentangle the possible and the credible and the impossible sometimes. So there's, you have to look at things not from the perspective of space and time, but from the perspective of entropy and information. Stop, those facts, stop those, filibustering. Those facts are actually more fundamental. So, but to answer the question, like, could we get inf- could information be derived from the quote unquote past and be meaningfully interpreted in the present? Is that possible? There does exist a mechanism for that. Can a person travel to the past and then influence the present? That's the part that violates causality. Okay, but that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, okay, let's say let's say you were to die today, okay? Okay. Would a version of you still exist in the past? Well, the past is now defined relative to the present, which is me dead or me me no longer being alive. So it, it just depends what event it's defined relative to. All right. You... So we're going to take the event as my death. Yes. So if and the question you're... is, can information about me still be obtained? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, if you die today, let's say you were dead right now. Okay. But this, this morning you were alive, and last week you were alive. So if I took a time machine to last week, I'd see you alive, right? If that weren't precluded by the violation of primary causality. Oh, my God. You're worse than a broken record. Um, that's not what I mean. Okay. What I mean well, is that. Well, unfortunately, science is kind of like a broken record, but sometimes you got to go, and then just do a remix, and then you find right. out it's much better because you can transcend. I, I don't want to say transcend the space-time continuum because it just sounds so ditzy. But that's that awesome. Kind of no, it like sounds awesome. It um, okay, so back to my question. If you were to die right now, all right, the fact that you were alive in the past, does that mean that you're, like, immortal? Because you could always go back in time, or I could always <laughs> go back in time and see you in the past alive, so that means a version of you is always alive, no matter when you die. So that would mean that we never die. That's actually something that you could have a debate about that wasn't entirely egotistical onanism, because there is always a question of uh, what I guess I would describe it as the primary cause, or I guess the the, uh, fundamental definition of what is meant by consciousness. You hear a lot of people talking about consciousness and then... In in one sentence, what's consciousness? I think... You, you know, I don't think I'm the person who's an expert on. You are the guru and 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 knower of everything. And according to your Facebook posts, you know all. So you need to answer the question. I think that's what according to your description of our <laughs> podcast that I think I know everything. All right, but I what is consciousness? Knowledge within the realm of consciousness. Honestly, I feel like. There's everybody in India who's better at it than I am. All right. But let's say that India did. Within my limited understanding of right. it, 
it would be possible to define quote unquote consciousness sufficiently loosely <clears throat> that it would apply to every particle in the universe or every every fundamental entity, aka waveform, which is the fundamental quantum mechanical thing that has or quantum mechanical entity that has both wave and particle properties. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have true particle properties because it kind of, it kind of it moves us one single entity. That's how it has particle properties. When you're talking about a single bounded physical consciousness. So you really have to distinguish between are we talking about undifferentiated based universal consciousness, which that still has sort of a huge amount of what ifs, and that's where really the debate is, or you're talking mm-hmm. about an individual personalized human consciousness where, where that's a lot easier to define the parameters on one scale of it, not on the fine-tuned, like, holistic Ayurvedic healing scale, but on, on a general archetypal level, you can oh, okay. sort of narrow it down to a finite set of possibilities oh, as my to God. All what right. is Let's fly up 50,000 feet because you're in the grooves of the record right now, okay? Okay. So let's, let's go way, down. way up. Okay, yeah. what is consciousness? That's exactly what needs to be defined before the, 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 before the conversation can really start. You no, need no. To have just answer the question, what is consciousness? Well, what would you like it to be? Because you know, I can I go in any dictionary and find an answer. Uh, you you could just read me the dictionary definition of consciousness. I bet that it would has make you feel better. Three different definitions, and we both know that dictionary definitions come from what's called popular usage. And mm-hmm. we all know that the average person, if you and I can't come up with a set, realistic, feasible definition, what luck does the average person have? Yes, I said boobies. So, again, you're dead, and I go back in a time machine a week from now, a week a week ago, and you're alive. So, does that mean you're still alive? <laughs> well, it's not an answerable question because time travel is <clears throat> is not possible. But you don't know that. How do you know? You can't know that. Well, I reformatted the laws of modern physics to make all predictions and more and get rid of all these singularities. And according to that formalism, the entropy increases where over any interval that's what's called, um, I guess, over a, I don't really actually know what the right word would be to describe it, but the, over any interval where... I guess information is transferred. I'm just, I'm, I'm just realizing that I kind of started in the realm of space and time, and now I, I feel like I have to do a coordinate transform to entropy and information because that's now, based on how I'm visualizing it, it's a lot more like that than space and time. That's, it's, it's a tough one to, to explain. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. So basically, you can't tell me why it's impossible. So we're going to skip this question and go back to the earlier one. Uh, we were talking about consciousness. And, There's and no course, mechanism to decrease the entropy because entropy always increases. Therefore, well, there's no way to send information into the past in a way that would be coherent because all the information is necessarily moving in only one direction. Yeah, but, like, that's based on what you know now. Like, like There's no way to – well, it's a, it's, a formal, it's a scientific formalism that makes all the predictions in the universe and fixes all the problems with the standard model. And what this formalism predicts is that it is possible to access – although it's possible to access information from the past in the present, 
it is not possible to physically displace yourself into the past based on causality because even accessing the past from the present as we would do it now the only reason that can happen is again because of because of these causality laws okay so let's say we can go back in time but can we know that there is a version of you in the past still alive that based is on the fact that you were alive. That I don't I don't actually know I don't know the answer to that because there's that again could possibly could be a debate because you're you're kind of broaching into what I would call the nether world or the like the I don't know I I call it the spirit realm. Um, <laughs> my guru hates that word. I, I want to use the right word, but it's hard to use the right word because a lot of times looking at the mistakes that have been made in the past, you realize a lot of them have to do with people associating the wrong definitions to particular words. So I'm always kind of paranoid about what words I choose. Oh, we're all friends here. Just use whatever words you want to use. <laughs> well, what's the audience? Like, what type of person do you think would be listening to this and be like? Um, people that drank too much caffeine and uh, or they are under house arrest. And they're <laughs> to to, or people that are about to jump off a building. Um, or rogue scientists that are stuck in the South Pole Research Facility. Well, people, you know... They they can join the scientific I don't want to say the radical scientific movement, but my theory is is definitely a radical departure. It's so radical from what the mainstream is that it makes me think that what's the mainstream theory had to be some kind of inside job thing. It's clearly a psyop. Mainstream science is a false flag. And it doesn't that sound just like something a crazy person? Doesn't that sound insane? No, yes, it sounds like something a crazy person would say, and it also sounds like something you would say. But the two things aren't necessarily, you know, related. But just saying. Well, okay, a so. smart person can tell the difference between someone crazy and someone who's who's just like operating on a different level of inhibition. But some people can't tell the difference. We don't want you to be inhibited at all. <laughs> just let it all hang out. But before you let it all hang out, what is consciousness? Well, how about we go with whatever you want to call it? Do you want to think it, about individual human consciousness or do you yes. want to think about... What does your consciousness mean? What is the definition of your consciousness? Me as, me as ginger. Yes. Uh, so I'm at this point, I think it's a linear combination of electrical of electrical frequencies on different scales of magnification that are simultaneous on different scales of magnification. So because they're on different, sorry, I'm going to stop there. Why? I don't, cause I don't want to do my typical verbal diarrhea rant. I'm trying to improve the quality of the podcast. And well, I appreciate that. Um, okay. So, Obviously, now I'm all, I'm a little more like inhibited just because it's like you said we had to do this freeform thing. So I just want to give the listeners. Well, I, I, I want, want to see what you do. I want to see what you do when it's freeform. So that's, this is what happens. I mean, so, <laughs> so, okay. To me, consciousness is being awake. That's consciousness. Like right now, it's presence. Like I am alive at this moment. I'm conscious. Okay. I'm experiencing I'm experiencing the stimuli around me and I'm reacting to it. Now, if okay. I was unconscious, if I was dead, 
the, stimu- the stimuli around me, the sun, the wind, uh, we just all pass through me. But because I'm alive, I'm, I'm experiencing it and reacting to it. So therefore, I'm, I'm conscious. Right. Isn't that good enough for definition? So you're, what you're describing then would be living consciousness, living human consciousness. Yeah. Okay, well, that obeys a particular causal structure. Uh, there's been some research into it that Stuart Hamroff says it's a quantum mechanical, well, first he said a computer, then he said an orchestra, but really it's, it's just about information. It's about how much information can exist within one system. And okay. entropy always increases, and the Earth always reconfigures so as to increase the entropy more efficiently. And that is going to happen when you have a, a system which creates these electric fields on all scales of magnification. So you could actually, right. using this theory, you could figure out how close we are to, to being at our state of ultimate human potential realization. So how close are you to your ultimate state of human realization? I'm saying that's not known right now. It's not something anyone's ever actually put pen to paper to figure out because really if you, at the limit of it, you know, you don't need to scientifically demonstrate the capabilities of someone who's amazing because they'll just demonstrate their capabilities and you'll have them from personal experience. But you don't need to people... figure out the rate of entropy of Brad Pitt because you know he's awesome. <laughs> well, entropy applies to any coordinate system. So if you wanted to look at entropy uh, of Brad Pitt's hair, for example, you could mm-hmm. trace it out over time. Okay. You know, lots of different lots of different things that you can look at from the point of view of entropy. And I think that's something that allows people who are logically minded and superior people to have a way to relate to other people who are on their level that excludes the people who just don't have that logical understanding, but they can still listen and like kind of gradually learn. Okay. Question for you. If you are listening to someone that has a higher level of consciousness than you do, does your consciousness level raise to meet theirs? What you're talking about in quantum mechanics is called a tensor product. So the way that we examine the consciousness is that every individual person can be represented by one individual waveform. And that's, that's a coordinate system, sort of say like, okay, we're going to say that an individual consciousness is bounded as a primary hypothesis to the physical body. That's kind of a, a no-brainer. Like, you're not going to say my consciousness belongs to a pencil. It belongs, you know, to the individual to body. Now, because there's a common, you could argue a common causality to some extent, just based on, let's say, for example, the finiteness of the a number of base pairs. You could make an argument. You could easily structure an argument. You're in the weeds. You're in the weeds. Climb up. Climb higher, Jen. Climb high. You're going to crash. I'm getting to the point. I'm getting to the point. All right. You're, you're derailing me. The tensor product right. exists between coherent waveforms. So what we need to establish is how do we establish whether two waveforms are coherent when we're talking about two individual uh, consciousness waveforms. In quantum mechanics, because it's a coordinate system, the cause and the effect sort of sound ever so slightly different when they're iterated differently. So in other words, you can say by being at the same level in consciousness, that means you trigger a non-trivial tensor product. Whether such tensor products exist between individuals, I don't think is debatable. Whether one exists between every individual is, again, 
that that would be a little bit more into the weeds, more of a debate. I'm sure you'd love that. I don't know. It depends. All right, so I'm not actually that big on debating. I'm wondering if if you really like to use sciencey words. I think you do. I like and to use if... logical words, and I think people will enjoy saying entropy, and then they'll say, "I'm going to rape you with the cock of knowledge and my entropy." <laughs> You say the word entropy, you throw it around like it's a dish rag. <laughs> That's true. What is entropy? It's the quality of disorder. It's the attribute of a system which always increases with time. And that sounds, so sounds like trivial, right? But yeah. it, it's if you can understand it, from a physical, like a physical slash electrical fundamental perspective, then you can set up the periodic table in such a way that it, it, it arises as a consequent, consequence of these space-time causality laws. Which are what? They're based on the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which is, has to do with... That's Heisenberg's cat in the box, yeah. right? Sorry? That's Heisenberg's cat. That's in the box, and he shakes the box. I find that is a quite a misleading metaphor. I'm familiar with it. Um, it's it that doesn't really allow you to understand how information evolves between quantum mechanical systems. It just sort of reduces it down to an absurdity. Okay. So, another random question for you. At what magnification does the quantum world cease and the classical world begin? That's a really good question. And Thank you. That's Can an really good question. So we have to first be, we have to be clear on what we mean by scale of magnification. Because in a sense, the universe is continuous and in a sense, it's discrete. And that's hard for people to get their head around because it seems like, well, it should be one or the other. That's why we see these problems with standard model. Oh, everything has to be part of this grand unified field theory. When you look at it from the perspective of, of the facts of reality that are actually present, a different picture forms. So what I'm talking about is like with the double slit thing, you got the photons or whatever shooting through the slits that act as particles or act as waves. Right. But that's, that, that's, that's what they do. But if you move further up into a molecule, that doesn't do that. An atom doesn't do that. But a photon does, or whatever they're shooting through. What are they shooting through again? It's the um, particle of radiation or something. What level are you talking about on, on an individual atom? Yeah. The classic double slit experiment. Yes. Okay. That's where people discovered the quantum world. So the, single, the single slit experiment also demonstrates quantum effects. The single slit is honestly a lot easier to understand. The double slits are very cool, though, because don't they have that thing where, like, if you record the, the outcome of the double slit, but you don't look at it, it didn't happen or something like that? Well, if they determine at the slit what its polarization is, yeah. then the electron becomes particle-like. 
So the distribution, when you have when you have nothing measuring it, the distribution yeah. is wave-like on the screen. You get uh, maxima and minima. However, when you determine the uh, the polarization of the electron upon its coming through the slit, you then get you recover a particle-like distribution. That again, you observed it. That has to do with information theory. It has to do with the number of linearly independent measurements that exist on the system. And every interaction, you can think of it as a measurement. One measurement at the split, one measurement at the polarization, the, the magnetic detector. That's two okay. measurements. So there's only one measurement left by the time it gets to the screen. And that's why you see only one single line. There's three independent dimensions that all exist in potential within the electron. And that, that's why <laughs> visualizing a spherically polarized wave, the hard part about that is that it actually, if you're doing it properly, interferes with your consciousness, your human consciousness. Ooh, you're actually, you actually turned your, your answer back into a relevant topic. I, I'm, I'm so impressed. And that's it, the first time you've done that. <laughs> down on the um i'm trying to maybe do a little more circular stuff rather yeah, than just going you're eventually coming back to the subject which is great okay so <laughs> this is what we have so far you can't answer my question about if i'm alive in the past if i'm dead now you can't answer what consciousness and it's not really you get stuck in the weeds so that's two things you couldn't answer <laughs> and then um what is it? basically I, I, i'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing a lot of words that are like combined in different ways to create wow factors or whatever. But um, pretend that I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Now, if I was a fifth grade child and you were going to tell me what consciousness is, what would you say? Okay. I got to hang up again. The subjective human consciousness, because it's not that I don't want to answer the question. It's just that the question is is not specific enough, and I don't want to disrespect yogic tradition because there's this really big problem right now where you know, there's kind of been like I don't want to say desecration, but disrespect of yogic traditions, and I don't want to be contributing to that problem. So consciousness is well explored within yogic. Teaching that said, if we're talking about individual subjective human consciousness and I was going to describe it to a Western child, I would say, what is it that makes you, you as apart from, as separate from anybody else? Because that question kind of relates back to how memories are formed, who is the individual experiencer as distinguished by their experiences the deeper question of that universal conscious fabric, I just don't even think it would be accessible to somebody at that age. Thanks for listening to Intentional Sharfing, culturally insensitive quantum physics and space-time stuff. You can find us on scienceboobies.com. Please send us comments and money. Guru said I am narcissistic and an asshole, and he's right. And... I just care about other people a lot, but then it easily turns into narcissism because it's just a giant part on. So do you, do you care about people or are you a narcissist? I think it's honestly both because it's like I just have this huge amount of love and I'm convinced that self-love is important. So it's like I'm always, I'm always trying to foster that.
But then I also know that being too obsessed with yourself doesn't really go anywhere. So I also like to help other people. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not really open to much other than the thing is that I just can't enter into those egotistical flattery relationships because I know it's not at the end of the day I know it's not helping that person's ego if it's indulgent all right all right so so thank you for letting me teach you some stuff and uh you know I'm open to debating or or evolving ideas you didn't teach me you just kind of put stuff out there for us to debate I mean and yeah I mean the stuff that you're saying that I have absolutely no clue what it means (laughs) Trust me, I assumed this would be something people would, that I'd known for years, would transition to easily in terms of knowledge. But really, it's hard to, it's just hard to understand in general, I think. All right. Don't beat yourself up. This is going to be the first of of many shows uh, relegated to the topic of space-time and physics and Schrodinger's cat and all that shit. Um, But basically... In, in a very narcissistic way, one of the reasons I want to have these shows is to answer the questions I have. Um, and so this is the first time that I'm trying to get those answers from you, whom I believe might have some some quanta of answers. Huh? I use quanta in a real <laughs> sentence. <laughs> so, so this is just the beginning here. Basically, Jen is telling me that the answers, basically what I'm hearing is that the answers to my questions are too complicated, so I, I need to ask. No, not questions. at all. Not at all. No? They're not too complicated. Here's the problem. We look back in the past. What mistakes have been made? You what? see a pattern of um, oversimplification. Okay. And then it just gets broad stroked, and the next thing you know, you know, it's just not represented by the right people. So I would hate for this. I would just hate for someone to get the wrong impression. So I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I mean, you can probably make more statements about living consciousness than you can about non-living consciousness because the non-living consciousness part, that just depends on how you're defining, like so how you're, you're excited. Defining. You're excited about defining non-living consciousness. I'm interested in living consciousness. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. If we're going to talk about consciousness, quote unquote, we have to say, we're we're relegating ourselves to living consciousness. Yes, you agree with I, I that? think we should. I think we should start there. Yes. You further agree that we relegate ourselves exclusively to living human consciousness. As far as we know, yes. So you know, the dog, yes, has a, co- a quantum mechanical individuated projection, but it's a it's a dog projection, right? It's like dogs go to dog heaven in other words well they get reincarnated usually as dogs or feminists you know just kidding <laughs> um all right i want to know something when you're like on a first date you don't like start dumping the stuff out there really depends on my mood plus i don't really go on a lot of first dates okay because just take my advice keep it simple 50,000 feet you know simple <laughs> statements on the first date because unless you're, like, on a date with, like, a quantum physicist, it might terrify them, okay? I know it sounds scary, but a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to be happy that somebody... Because, like, you look in the media and basically everyone is not dumb, but there's a lot of really dumb people. So people just think, oh, that's the average person. But 
there, but then to see someone so much smarter is like, I think it can be inspiring. Hopefully Here's it breaks the Marxist fucking psyop yeah. confusion. Yeah, we're going to talk about your whole Marxist fetish in another show. But um, the whole the thing we got to realize is that people are going to start listening to this show for answers. So we have to actually come up with some. I mean, this week we haven't really come up with any. We're just kind of getting the subjects out there about time and space and everything. But I want to go well, into this further. Well, there's a couple further. key concepts. You know, there's a couple key concepts, and it's yeah. space-time. Space mm-hmm. and time kind of go together. Mm-hmm. Space and time go together the way entropy and causality go together, and you can you can consider causality also to be part of information theory. Like bread and butter. You kind of have to be able to bring these pieces of information together. It's really a multidisciplinary process that I think you and I, we can kind of hammer out what it takes. I think that the, the individual subjective human consciousness theory that I've got is probably the easiest thing to understand and the whole space-time causality thing, which is the periodic table stuff, that maybe not that yeah, has that whole, accessible, the, but it's not accessible to maybe everybody. That whole thing, yeah, that's another thing we're gonna have a show on. Is that you have this weird theory about like like uh, the periodic table, like but like what each element smells like or what it looks like <laughs> through a fluoroscope or a spectroscope, and what the periodic table looks like if like an artist draws it, like a like a naked lady or a vase or something like that. You had so some pretty good I theories was, about that. If I was going to go ahead and prove that it was impossible to travel back in time, I would need to use that. I would need to use certain aspects of that taken tacitly. Because if, if a theory predicts certain structures, then that theory is, is like. All right, you're still not. You still haven't answered like my main question. And we're going to try one more time. Okay, so here's, if, here's what I'll say. Let's go straight to subjective human consciousness. No, 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 not that question. Not that question. My, my initial question was, if, if you die tonight, is there a version of Jen in the past that's still alive? Okay, so the question is, what happens to consciousness upon death, right? No. The question is, if you die tonight, and I it, let's say time travel is possible, and I went back in time. I can't um, take. See, the thing is, you can't take a falsity as a primary hypothesis because here's the thing. We are one of tonight. We are said, tonight. If false is true, then anything uh, is true. Well, if false is true, then anything is true. Then we basically would make the entire conversation what's called right. a, not a falsity, but it's based. It's based on a false hypothesis. So it's just yeah, sure. me. Just humor me, okay? If time travel is possible and you died tonight and I went into a time machine and I went back one day, I would see you alive. If you're alive, if I'm seeing you alive, then even though you're dead in the present, if you're still alive in the past, you're technically still alive. And since you're always alive in the past, you're immortal. You never would totally die. So that is... a a reason why like you can use that as a counterexample to disprove that false hypothesis if you want to because false hypotheses will always lead to false conclusions and the conclusion you've drawn is demonstrably false based on ds dt implies ds so the living consciousness unfortunately is also subject to dt implies ds so it will always subject be subject to what 
DT implies DS means that any small increase in time is also met with small increase in entropy depending upon which barrier is being transgressed, and that has to do with which level of magnification the action is, is incumbent on. That's why when you asked before about, you know, this, the liquid versus the solid versus the gas, is that quantum mechanical? Well, hard to answer quickly because it is one of the things that, one of the many things science has gotten wrong, sadly. You know, you would make the worst time traveler's assistant ever. Oh, I've definitely had some Doctor Who fantasies. But other than that, yeah, you're right. I'd probably be a real killjoy. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a big downer. The, like, the guy you're working for, the girl, would be like, oh, okay, now we're going to travel in time. Get ready, Jen. And, and you'd be like, well, technically you can't do that. And I'm a big, you know, <laughs> Debbie Downer, and I'm going to throw a wet blanket all over this time machine thing. If, so, if multiple universes existed, then you could go to an alternate universe like they did on Red Dwarf. But, but then, then you'd still be alive. Like, you'd be alive in that alternate universe, so you'd still be alive. Because if you're alive in any reality – you have to be alive in general. It's just a question about the nature of consciousness within a human. There's a consciousness element and there's um, a, a biological element, and those two things aren't equal, but they're interrelated. Okay. So when you remove the biological element, the non-biological element has no mechanism to be decayed by but for reincarnation, so... That's one but of those. Finite. How is reincarnation possible with entropy? How can re reincarnation exist with entropy? Because if that would mean that there wouldn't be enough energy in the universe to reincarnate to reincarnate someone. It's just the nature of consciousness. The consciousness is the primary cause of the DNA assimilation. Like it is possible that there would be zero consciousness. Co there, it is possible to be zero coherent consciousness going into a single chemical reaction, but yeah, there would always be some polarization in the atom and some subset. So it would be 100% quantum mechanical. Like you're talking about a magnetic field, so it has the shape of um, like a cylinder, but it's it's a cylinder that's connected. It's like a Cheerio. Like a Cheerio. Okay. It's like a Cheerio. Yeah. So if you can sort of reformat your mind, and I'm talking to the listeners who are used to thinking linearly in physics, you have to let that go and think really in circles and spheres and these Cheerio type things. Cause we have to get, we have to like stop thinking in base yourself, 10. What? We have to stop thinking in base 10. It's not about base 10 because we have 10 fingers. Okay. You're not yeah. going to get people away from base 10. If you want to come in and say, Bitch, you got to get off base 10. You're going to get <laughs> laughed out of the fucking circus. Seriously, people are not going to be cool because they're right. literally, they're going to listen to what you say. They're going to look down at their hands and they're going to, they're going to give you two middle fingers at the same time. Well, that's base two. We can go with base E, which makes sense for physics uh, or for, sorry, for ph physiological, physical entities. We have to go with base E and that has to do with entry. Base what? Base E. E. Oh my God. Okay. We'll stop you right there because um, I have no idea what that means. Um, all right, so the next episode is going to be more of this because Jen has dumped all of her 
all of her quantum garbage in front of me here. And within that garbage, there's the gold. And we're going to try to find that gold within the quantum garbage. Okay. Does that sound good, Shen? <laughs> see, that's right. the problem. It's at a high entropy state, and the proxies, they take it down to a low entropy state, and they sort of bury Manilow, my Chris Rock, if you know. I'm going to bury Manilow, your Chris Rock. I'm, I'm going to fucking... So that's like Michael, a I'm gonna Michael Bolton your your uh, Chris Rock. Just not Michael Bublé because I think he is a real cuck. Okay, well, not Michael Sorry, Bublé. I just wanted to get in that cultural. Uh, what is it? The uh, anti-cultural Marxism rudeness, so that people snap out of their. And we're gonna have to have a whole episode about your fetish about Marxism. But that's oh for God. Another show. I cannot wait till somebody tries to debate me on Marxism. Just kidding. Oh. Nobody will ever do that. God, no one wants to. No, no one is that much of a, of, a, of a masochist that they want to do that to themselves. But you never know. Maybe we might meet someone. I don't go to ad homs on the first defense unless what they're saying is really stupid. All right. All right, it's my bedtime, so we're going to end the show. Um, if you want to hear more about um, Jen's crazy videos or our crazy theories or our previous episodes, go to scienceboobies.com. That's scienceboobies.com. See you next week, Jen. Bye. This podcast is hosted by Jen and Brian and was recorded using the Internet, which is a series of tubes. Copyright 2016 Intentional Sharfing Media Cartel. Music by Bent Sound. Listen to more episodes on scienceboobies.com. Yes, I said boobies. Goodbye. Now go home and read a book before your brain dies of atrophy.